The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. One sentence summary. The Millionaire Real Estate Agent is about how you can systematically build a thriving real estate business, drawing lessons both about the professional as well as the personal side of things. My favorite quote from the author is, There is no failure. You win or you learn. Either one is okay. Gary Keller. If the name Gary Keller sounds familiar to you, it's most likely because he's also written a very famous book called The One Thing. Some of his stuff about personal development has also made its way into this book, creating a solid fusion of business and personality, which are both essential to becoming successful, be it in real estate or elsewhere. While the lessons in this book are definitely tailored to real estate agents, a lot of them are valuable for any kind of service business. Gary has a background in real estate of many years, so writing a book like this came natural to him. Yes, he's not just a productivity guy. Here are three lessons from the book to help you create a thriving real estate service business. 1. You need three L's, leads, listings and leverage to succeed. 2. There's no finish line on the road to personal development. 3. Work on your business instead of in your business to save your most precious resource, time. Ready to shoot for the moon? Here we go. The Millionaire Real Estate Agent Lesson 1. A successful real estate business is based on three L's. Leads, listings and leverage. This answers the question, how can I build a successful real estate business? Gary Keller was an operator for many years. He built his business from the ground up, long before he started writing and teaching others what he learned. To this day, the 3L model is his baseline. He built it by thinking about what success means for real estate business in reverse. A good real estate agent seals the deal on a lot of contracts for his customers. Every contract means a home sold and a commission in the real estate agent's pocket. But there can't be any contracts signed without listings of available property first. And to list someone's property, they need to hire you, which is why you need leads. So after flipping the process on its, on its head, you can see that it all begins with a big number of leads. Kind of like in freelance, having more leads coming in than you can handle means you get to cherry pick the best ones, which will turn into better listings and more contracts. Listings are a result of having more seller leads than buyer leads. Each seller has a property to list but each buyer only wants to see your listings. As a matter of fact, the viewings that result from your listings are more than enough buyer marketing because many people will attend them, get to know you and maybe hire you later. So always focus on homeowners who want to sell. Lastly, leveraging systems, tools and people will help you grow your business, get more done and make more profit. There's only so much you can do alone. But with a sales manager, social media software or a workflow for each lead, you'll be able to grow without spreading yourself too thin. The Millionaire Real Estate Agent Lesson 2 There's no finish line in the race towards becoming a better human being. This answers the question, what's the point of self-improvement? Gary tells two remarkable stories about embracing failure. One is about Abraham Lincoln who went bankrupt twice, lost a bit for a legislative seat screwed up not one but two congressional campaigns, two senatorial campaigns and a vice presidency campaign, all before eventually becoming president. The second one is about Roger Bannister breaking the four-minute mile record, a mental barrier that couldn't be overcome for years until he did it and two months later someone else broke his record. 
This is the point that stuck with me though. In this race against failure, which is really just a race to become a better person, there's no finish line. As Seth Godin once put it, the goal in skiing isn't to get to the bottom of the hill, it's to get in a couple of good runs before the sun sets. Great people don't need anyone leading the way, they always strive to be better, until they die. It's just what they do. The Millionaire Real Estate Agent Lesson 3 Don't spend all your time working in your business. Work on your business to save time. This answers the question, how do people grow their businesses to be really, really big? Eventually, no matter how many deals you can make thanks to your systems, leads, leverage and listings, eventually you'll hit a roadblock. Time. You just can't duplicate yourself. Time will always be your most valuable resource and the only way to get more of it is to work on your business. Automate things, hire people, set up systems to make your income more passive, like hiring a business manager to close deals that make 200k per year and pay him or her 100k per year. So your time is free to spend on strategic decisions, not day-to-day -day affairs. Keller did this as a kid. Instead of mowing lawns for $15, he hired other kids to do it for $10 and pocketed the other $5 himself. The more you're busy with creating revenue, the less time you have to think about how to grow it. So as soon as you start making decent money, get away from the inside and work on the outside. My personal takeaways from the Millionaire Real Estate Agent for 2017. Okay, I actually do have three things I want to piggyback on. Or, or three things I want to layer on top of each of the lessons like I do so often. So I'm not, obviously, I don't own any property. I'm 26 years old, for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, uh, but it's something I have been thinking about a lot already because I think uh, a good real estate investment has one of the best, uh, it can have one of the best um, rates of return, one of the best ROIs. But, of course, the problem is when you're young and you don't have that much cash, or even when you have the cash to buy a small property, the thing is, if you screw up that first one, you need to make back the money. And you can do that when you're young, but you only get so many tries, right? So many attempts. So it's like, I... I've, let, me, let me back up one second. Before I, because I felt I was jumping into this already. So the first thing I want to uh, lay on top of the first lesson is my story with real estate, my approach to it. Um, the second one is about the personal development thing. I want to um, add one point to that, a realization I made. And the third one is that uh, I want to give you an example of working on your business instead of in your business and how you can make that happen. Okay, so let's jump back in. I... Uh, thought about buying a small apartment right so the that's the first thing or the first reasonable thing i could do in terms of real estate so let's say i save hundred thousand bucks or fifty thousand or seventy thousand and get the rest as a loan and i buy a small apartment in for example munich where i live right now they're really popular for a hundred grand or something like that um it could be a new thing fairly newly fairly recently built uh, for students for example and they pay something like six seven hundred euros a month in in rent and then you calculate that out and if it comes out to something like less than 20 years in terms of how long it takes to pay back 
the full with just the rent obviously if you take a small loan it's going to take less time and so on and after that the rent goes right in your pocket before that it may be a split between uh, feeding the credit and getting rent in your pocket and so on um, but yeah that's the that's the move sort of I'm thinking about but as I said the problem is you really have to nail that first one ideally because if you don't then it takes a long time to build the money back to try and, and knock out the next one so I might focus on stocks before I get into real estate and then maybe think about that more along the lines of when I'm 30, 35. It may make more sense then. Uh, I have a friend who invests in real estate, so I might get his thoughts on that when the time is due. But right now, I don't have the money to, to do that. Um, again, if you do, the leads part is the most crucial one, I think. I've seen it in freelancing. If you have more people uh, wanting you to work for them, which I have right now because my projects keep me fairly busy, which aren't all client projects. Of course, most of them aren't actually. But if someone comes to me and offers me a deal, I can think about it in terms of like, is this really worth my time and so on, right? So I don't have to take it. So getting more leads than you need is crucial. And obviously, online is a great way to do that. Second part, no finish line in the race of personal development. Uh, so the realization I had is I was walking around in Munich and uh, I was walking to school actually. It's, I don't know, there's a there's that last stretch right before the building where I usually go into and study uh, where I have had a couple realizations. I don't know why it's always there. Um, but what I realized there is that I will never have all the answers to my questions. And you might say like, duh, uh, of course you don't. But when you think about it for a second... At any moment in time, when, when you're for as long as you live, at any moment in time, I could pick you out and you would have about 1,500 probably open questions in your mind, right? And there might only be two or three big ones, like how do I figure out X, which is like important. So for me right now, it's like, how do I get to like five grand a month or something like that so that I have a sustainable annual salary, like 50, 60K. Um, th th right so there might be only be two or three big ones but there always will be big ones and you will die one day and still have questions in your head and so that's something you have to learn to be okay with so because if you're not if you're always chasing answers and if, if that's all you ever do because you want to get to the end you want to get to the end you want answers and you want final answers that finally finally leave you happy and fulfilled and no questions left you'll never get it you will never get that. And you have to make that realization and you have to learn to be okay with always being in the state of having questions. And that was fascinating to me. And that's his whole point about self-improvement as well, right? So the point is never to get answers to your questions, like how do I make a better morning routine? How do I become more productive? Because the answers keep changing uh, and the questions keep changing. But the point is to just spend time in this process of getting better right and if you learn to be okay with always striving to be better instead of always getting answers to questions that's a very powerful shift because it leaves you with a much better and more relaxed attitude towards the whole thing lastly time on your business versus time in your business my friend franz sauerstein is a great friend of mine uh, in my mastermind group he uh, he he is the first one where I really noticed this sort of uh, trend like actively happening. Um, and so he takes, let's say it's Fridays, he takes half, half, half days at Fridays or entire Fridays to work on his business. So his entire Friday will be thinking about stuff like, 
how can I streamline this process? How can I get more leads without having to be involved? How can I manage these people better? How can I, and so on, right? So he only tweaks things on the business that will automatically processes and workflows and stuff like that, that will free more of his time. So, uh, so he has a better sort of life. Um, so the business can work better without him having to be there. So th that's like a huge, right? And my friend Raphael, like he, he introduced it, uh, he introduced this idea to him and now he does it too. Um, let me think about the way I do it actually. Um, I sort of have a continuous review of that process, I guess. So I'm always sort of fully loaded in terms of productivity, what I'm doing. But because I always have a project roadmap, um, I have certain, usually it's on a weekly basis and then uh, I have quarterly goals now uh, or yeah, quarterly things or monthly things I'm working on. Uh, so at these points, I will go out and reflect and think like, is there any way I can make this easier? Is there any way I can make this, I can do this differently? Is there any way I might not have to do this at all? And so on. So, but the best practice is really Francis idea, schedule a couple hours, two, three, four or five hours, ideally a day a week, like one weekday, if you can afford it, um, to only work on your business and like start writing down strategic questions, um, strategic problems, structural problems in your company, whatever it is, and then only work on those on those days. No meetings, no nothing, just strategy, pure, utter strategy. It's a very powerful idea. It's super helpful because it saves time and whatever saves time saves your life because time is the most valuable asset. All right. I hope you enjoyed the summary. I hope you learned something and I will see you on the next one. Cheers.